SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Well, hello, ladies. Welcome back. I am so excited to be with you guys today. Um, I have been thinking and praying about what I'm going to share with you this week, and we are going to talk about a very hot topic called triggers. And so I am Keisha Wright. If you haven't watched me before, I'm a professional life coach. I am the owner and director of Emotional Recovery Clinic, along with Women's Recovery Clinic. And talking about triggers is something that happens often. When I get women coming in, they tell me all kinds of ways and things that come in, whether it's thoughts or whatever that are triggers in their life. And so I have made some notes here on my phone about some of the most important things that I have learned throughout the years about triggers. First of all, what are triggers and how do they affect us? And what are we supposed to do when we're triggered? And what does it all mean? And so as I was preparing for the lesson this week, I thought, you know what? I have my own personal belief of triggers. I've seen how things triggering my clients throughout the years, how it affects them. And so I was very inquisitive and I wanted to see what is the real definition of triggers. So I'm going to share that with you guys. And so I, I thought it was very interesting now, there's a couple of different triggers. Obviously, we can talk about there's multiple ways. So if you Google this, it might not be exactly how I'm reading it. But I think that the, the definition was extremely interesting. Cause an event or a situation to happen or exist. It is the cause of an event or a situation to exist. And then it went down and it wanted to talk about the mental health definition of triggers. And so I'm going to read that to you. To cause a strong emotional reaction of fear, shock, anger, or worry in someone, especially because they are made to remember something bad has happened in the past. That is according to Google what the word trigger means. And I'm going to tell you, I, I really do agree with that definition. What can you do when you're triggered? What are you supposed to do when you're triggered? Oftentimes, I work with women that come in and they say, okay, I'm triggered, Keisha, so I need boundaries, so I am no longer triggered. And I know what they're saying, that they don't want to have these negative feelings anymore. And they think that if they draw a boundary, then that will protect them from being triggered. Now, that's not 100% inaccurate. It's not 100% inaccurate. But oftentimes, I like to dig in a little bit deeper. And so I want to break down what a trigger is and what I feel its purpose is in you getting well. Remember, my job as a life coach is to push you towards wellness, to teach you how to really heal from something that really devastated you, 
something that really hurt you. So when I think of the word trigger, when I first walked through the situation with me and my husband, I wanted to have all of these things around me so I wouldn't feel the pain and remember the past, just like the definition said. And so I made all these rules. And I would love to tell you it made me feel better. But the fact of the matter is that one rule or one boundary now needs another boundary. And that wasn't working for me. And so as I begin to press in, I learned that the trigger was there to tell me something's wrong. It's really a wound. And so if you think about trauma being an injury, not a disorder, now you understand that you have a wound that either was inflicted on by yourself, like right, because of the way you responded to something, or someone else has inflicted something on you. Either way, my tools that I'm going to give you today is going to work for either one, okay? And so when you think about it being a wound, if you had a real injury, there was a wound on your leg or something, and every time you touched it, it inflicted some kind of pain, over time, you would realize that that needs some type of treatment. It doesn't need a rule. It needs a treatment plan. I tell women all the time, what's happened to you, the trauma that's happened to you is almost like you're walking around and you don't have skin on an area of your life. And anything that touches it inflicts pain. Rather, it's a gentle touch or a forced touch because there's no skin there. And so my goal when I work with women is to figure out, well, how did it get there? And how did it get so bad? And after we figure out, well, how did it get there? That means you're identifying the trauma. And how did it get so bad means that what other things in your life has had a close experience to what you're describing. Remember, I talked to you about pain and traumas like Legos. They stack on top of each other. And I talk to women all the time when they walk into my four-day clinic that unless you heal from the pain of the past, you can't deal with the pain of the present. And so sometimes the skin maybe is not all gone, but over the years, a layer at a time has start to diminish and now something really big has happened and it's ripped the rest of the skin off. And so if that has happened, instinctively, you want to protect it. So you don't keep re-injuring it. And so my goal for you is not to protect it. And you're like, wait, whoa, Keisha, what do you mean not to protect it? If I allow these people to keep doing this in my life, then I'm going to keep getting re-injured. Well, yes, unless you decide that you're going to allow the skin to grow back. And just because the skin grows back doesn't mean that the scar won't be there. But it means that when people walk and brush against it, it doesn't ignite that crazy sensation in your heart. 
So how do you go about doing that? Well, I'm glad that you asked because I am going to give you a couple of ways to be able to identify that. I believe that if you don't take some time to write down what is what is causing that pain, write it down. Write it down what your symptoms are. Some of you will find yourself getting angry. Others of you will shut down and you lose your voice. All of that is a sign of a trauma injury. And so the triggers of that, reminders of that, should be pushing us closer towards truth and healing. It's God's way of saying, hello, girls, there's a problem. I want to heal that. His word says that he draws near to the brokenhearted, right? And so because you have trauma in your life, it really is an indicator that God is really near. So I want to encourage you and tell you there's a difference between drawing a boundary and actually putting up walls. Many times I find when women are triggered easily, they are not putting up boundaries. Now they call them boundaries, but they're really walls. And that's okay. Sometimes we need those walls, but walls are different. So I want you to picture boundaries being like fences, right? And so there's an open door. You can shut the fence when you need to, but you can open the fence if you need to. A wall, when the situation is raw, Oftentimes is needed, but a wall keeps you in, it captures you, but it also keeps other people out. And that can be a healthy place for a season, but I can't let you camp out there. I can't let you live there. That's not healthy. If you ever come to one of my emotional recovery clinics, you'll hear me say all the time, you can't draw a healthy boundary from an unhealthy place. It's not a boundary, it's a wall. And I'm not saying it's not needed, but let's call it for really what it is. It's a wall. And that's okay as you're starting that healing process. But you need to know if you are staying there for a long period of time. Well, what's a long period of time, Keisha? Well, that's between you and God. Unless you have someone like myself that kind of pokes in and says, wait a minute, girl, you have, you've, you've camped out there way too long. Let's draw, let's draw a boundary, a healthy one. Let's put some skin. Let's allow God to grow this area that is so tender in your life. So what were some things that triggered me early on? Well, one of the things, it was just my own thoughts. Well, how do you fix that? Well, that takes a little bit more work. Scripture says that we are to take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ. And so I can tell you it's possible, but you have to be able to identify how are those thoughts bombarding you? Because the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and if he can destroy you from the inside out, he's doing his job. And you will find yourself being self-destructive because you haven't been able to take those thoughts captive. 
There were other things that triggered me. Because it was infidelity, other women would trigger me. I would find myself, as, as, as sick and as crazy as this is, I would find myself picking out other women in crowds and being like, okay, I wonder when my husband be attracted to her. Well, not that one. Oh, definitely her. I wasn't able to understand that, wait a minute, Keisha. You need to allow the skin to grow. And being triggered by other women is you self-inflicting a wound. Remember, I've told you, you're not responsible for what happens to you. But you are responsible for the way you respond to what happens to you. So this was my response. And I, and I, and I say this because I've even dissected that statement a little bit more. It wasn't a real response. It was a reaction to hurt and pain. So as I would see another woman and I would say, mm, that's probably someone my husband would be interested in, then I would grow angry with him. And he had no idea why. None. Because I couldn't tell him. It was all in my head. Now, that is my own thoughts. That is something that's my responsibility. Even though those, those thoughts are not coming from me, I feel like those are coming from the enemy. But that is what I call self-inflicted wounds. And I was inflicting those on myself because I wasn't taking those thoughts captive because I was wounded and I didn't know how. Now there's other types of triggers. What happens, Keisha, when someone else says or does something that inflicts those wounds? Well, I'm, I'm really glad you asked because you can't control other people, right? You can't control if it's, uh, you know, your, your mother or, or your mother-in-law or your, or your friend or, or someone. What happens when they drag you back to a pain point by either their current behavior or talking about the past? What do I do? Well, I feel like as you begin to heal, you can choose how you let that into your heart, right? Because you have to understand that that is poison for you. It doesn't mean you cut the other person out, but it means that you have to understand that you are injecting poison if you take that on. Well, how do I not take that on if someone else is saying it. Let me tell you. I'll give you an example. When I was on a, a weight loss journey, I felt like I needed to lose some weight. And I was at a potluck and I was really being diligent about what I was eating, what I was putting in my mouth. And I remember I told a friend and she's like, okay, I gotcha. We're, we're, you're not going to eat the, the homemade macaroni and cheese at the potluck, even though it looks really good. So as I'm going through the potluck line and they're fixing, you know, your plate, I said, no, I, I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want the macaroni and cheese. And the lady was like, oh my gosh, so-and-so made this. It's really good. And I said, I, I bet it is, but it's not good for me. And my friend said, yeah, she, she's allergic. 
Now, was that 100% truthful? No, I'm not allergic to macaroni and cheese. But it was going to be poison to my plan. And so you have to sometimes understand when someone emotionally vomits on you, it's poison to the plan God has you on. And what can you do? You have to say, wait, that's not for me. That's not mine. And sometimes you have to verbally say that out loud. That's not for me. That's not what is going to be good for me. And I have to take that and I have to put that away. I have to cast that away. That's not mine to take. Is that easier said than done? Well, of course it is. But it takes repetition. It takes you repeatingly, repeating it out loud to yourself. That's not healthy for me. That's not good for me. That is not consistent with me healing. It doesn't mean you get other people to stop doing something in order for you to heal. That's giving them control of your healing. Why do I say that? Well, what happens when they are incapable of doing that? My husband, my kids, other people trigger all the time. All the time. They're human. It's not maybe the intent, but it happens. Now, do I know there's some times that some of you ladies out, out there are saying, but there are people in my life that are intending to hurt me. Well, that is, I, I believe that too. That can be true. Hurting people hurt people. And as you become well, the way you respond to them hurting you will be different. That is my favorite thing to teach women. When you change, relationships in your life are forced to change. Not because the other people are different, because you are different. You will begin responding to things that are triggering you, opposed to reacting. That's how you know you are becoming well. Is it easy? No. Does it take consistency? Absolutely. You have to be diligent. Find it someone that is going to walk the healing journey with you. For some of you, I pray that's a physical person because I believe in the body of Christ, we are supposed to do things in community. But if you don't have that, I pray that you can find community in this soul win community, this virtual community that we are creating for you. Find accountability. Why? Because sometimes you are getting triggered and you don't even realize it. And someone in community can tell you, hey, sis, look, let me tell you. It really wasn't a level 10. It really was a level two. Now, is that their perspective? Sure. But when you're traumatized and you have no skin in an area, it feels like a 10. And in community, hopefully, you can see it for yourself through someone else's perspective. Because just staying isolated 
You're blinded. It's like putting blinders on. I love when women come into the clinic and they don't realize there's so many areas of their life that they've put up walls to protect them. And then they become numb because they don't feel the pain and they mistake not feeling pain as wellness. And if you've heard me say it before, it's not wellness. You've just learned how to put lidocaine on the injury, lidocaine on your brain, and you've camped out in this numbness community. And it's not pushing you towards wellness. When I work with women, I say, you know, they tell me, I, I don't want to feel pain, though. That's not, if you don't feel the pain, how do you know when you're healed? Walking through the pain is a part of the process. No, you don't get there overnight. Remember the prostitute that showed up at my front door? I hated her. Rightfully so. In my flesh, rightfully so. I felt she was out to destroy me and my family. But as I begin this wellness journey, as those triggers, I allowed myself to feel the pain. And I thought that this pain is going to push me towards truth and wellness and healing. Now I look at this woman differently. I look at her as a wounded woman who never knew that I existed. She didn't sleep with my husband just because she wanted to make my life a living hell. I wonder what her life is like now. I wonder, did her mother ever comb her hair or put bows in her hair? I wonder, did she have a father? Who was there to protect her as a little girl? See, my perspective is different because I have the scar, but I walk through the pain process and I allow those triggers to become well, and the scar of what happened is there. I'll, I can't erase that. But it no longer brings pain out of me. It brings purpose out of me. And so I wonder what life was like for her. I wonder, did she have three kids and sleeping with my husband was able to feed her children? You see, I look at it differently because I allowed those triggers to push me towards wellness. And I dug in and I started saying, okay, Keisha, it's not about them. It's really about you. So let's recap. What's a trigger? Well, I hope you look at it a little bit different now. I hope you look at a trigger of, it is something that is nudging you to take steps towards wellness. I hope that you look at a trigger now, not as I need to have this laundry load list of rules or boundaries to keep myself safe, to keep other people out. I hope you look at triggers as this is God's way of pushing me towards the healing process. Well, how am I able to identify that? My thing is, don't try and identify all your triggers at once. Pick the top one or two. Write it down. 
And ask yourself, when do they, is it self-inflicted? Is it something that I'm camping out on in my own thoughts? Or is it coming in from an outside source? Once you're able to do that, then let's start dissecting it a little more. Make a list of what your reactions are. Remember, reactions are different than responding. And when you see yourself reacting, write it down on how. Find someone to be accountable with you. Find someone that is going to push you towards wellness and tell you hard things. It's not a level 10, sis. Let's take it down. Maybe it's a level 10 because you don't have skin. I look forward to continuing our healing journey next week. I am asking you to continue because God has greatness for you. He wants you well. I encourage you to continue to contact us. My number, I've given it out. I want to give it out again. It's 239-333-8601 because I know what it's like to need someone. I want you to check us out at our website, emotionalrecoveryclinic.com. And if there's anything me or my team can do for you, we want to jump in life with you and push you towards wellness. I look forward to seeing you ladies next week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida, the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. I need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwinconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.